Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with us here today. Today, I am so honored um, and a little bit um, on edge to present to you the book that we're going to be talking about. I'm not on edge in a bad way, but on that concept of the way that when you know something, you have to say something. When we know better, we do better. You know, um, as I was saying in Facebook Live, I was just doing when evil wants to triumph all it takes for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing and this incident that we're going to be talking to you about today um, i've got a great great author that i'm bringing to you today on her launch day which we almost never do um, because this book is just so important i really want to put all hands on deck into this particular book and really really drive home to you the importance of this issue um, and allow you to be a part of making this kind of a change in the world. There are some atrocities that are still happening. Can't even believe it sometimes in 2020 and we get so irate, so bent out of shape about certain things. We find ourselves face to face with something so awful, such an atrocity that we ask ourselves, most of us, um, you know, what am I really doing with my life? What can I do to make a change, to make a difference? What is the thing that I need to be doing with this time that I have here on earth? And, you know, that doesn't take you away from your purpose. It doesn't in any way detract from the important stuff that you're doing. I don't want to in any way diminish how important what you do in the world is. But when we become aware of things like this, it is imperative that we say something, that we do something, that we join the petition that we're going to be talking about in this interview, that we get the book, that we really, really begin to become part of the solution because once we know the information, to then do nothing about it in whatever way we can, you know, wherever you're at. Um, maybe you have money to give. Maybe you have a signature that you can give for a thing. Maybe, you know, like I've spent the last, better part of the last week really just pushing this book out, um, staying up late, all those kind of things because when we begin to see what's going on, we have burning within us a desire, hopefully, and the need to do something about it. I want to let you know up front, um, as you're listening to this interview, um, Reverend Dr. Okansi and I spoke yesterday and recorded this. She, at the time, was um, and does refer to a couple of times during this interview um, of things being available by tomorrow. Um, that tomorrow is today. So any of the things that she mentions that are available on the website, the you know the book being free today, those kind of things, 
um, the tomorrow that she's referring to, that's today. Um, and I just wanted to give you that little piece of information. We are really going to dive deep into this. There is some content in here that is kind of horrific. Not in a bad way, not in like, you know, lock up your children, they shouldn't hear this, but in the way that, you know, you're going to be startled. It is going to shock the senses when you begin to find out what is going on and the atrocities that are being heaped on these girls. Um, and so I want you to go in knowing that. I want you to go in with purpose. Listen to all of this. It is very much designed to give you something to take action on. Because you know that's where I want to be. You know, we love action takers. And I am encouraging you, get this information. And then know better and do better. Help out. Be the best you you can be by doing the most you can on the atrocities that you see happening in the world and as they come to your attention do something about it when we do that when we put our efforts out and we fully engage in things that need to be changed in this world then then we really truly are living as thriving entrepreneurs we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to jump right into the interview with Dr. Reverend Dr. Okansi here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we expose the atrocity of deadly work for migrant domestic workers. And I really just want to jump into the interview and talk to you and let Dr. Okansi really share the information with you. So without further ado, here's the interview. Join me in welcoming Her Majesty the Reverend Dr. A.K. Okansi. I am so delighted to have her here with us today to talk about the difference between deadly work and decent work. Thanks for joining us here today. Thank you very much. How are you doing um, in the midst of everything else that's going on right now? Oh, I tell you, um, 
I always say to everyone that the Lord has taught us to dance in the storm. And right now we are grateful for the gift of life. Everyone who's under the sound of my voice, I pray that at the end of all of this, when we count, no one will be missing, that we'll all be alive. And I believe that the Lord is doing something and is causing us to, you know, take a second look. It's a time of reflection for all of us. And so um, I'm very um, humbled in my spirit and, and just in a reflective mode at this time. And also grateful and joyful that the Lord saw us worthy to give us this gift of life. And we don't take it for granted at all. We want to make sure that other people are also secure in their gifts of life and uh, whatever we can do to make their lives better. That's what I think that the Lord looks for us to do. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, you know, your life's journey to this point. All right, uh, Steve, you know, um, at the age of nine, I fell in love with America. And at the same time, I'd met an African-American couple who told me about slavery. And many years later, I visited the slave dungeons. And I'm telling you this because it was just this evening that the Lord gave me this revelation. So I'm actually working on a book called Breaking the Chains, but the Lord had me stop that book to write this book, which is Deadly Work or Decent Work, which is a crisis that's going on right now in the Middle East. It's been going on for over 50 years but it's been involved with our domestic workers, migrant domestic workers who are the most vulnerable of women out there who are suffering sexual harassment, rape, and so on. But because they're not high profile, it's a me too in a sense, but these are not high profile women with high profile men. And so they are dying silently. And COVID-19 has not helped at all. COVID-19 has actually made their matters worse. Many of them are sick, they are suffering, they are stranded and even suicidal. And the Lord said, this is where I want you to put your time. I want you to drop, breaking the chains and let everybody know that these children of mine, because justice belongs to God and is very important to him. All of us are equal in his eyes. And he really wanted me to blow this alarm, set up this alert so that we can rescue these women from the horrors that they are undergoing right now as we speak. Right now as we speak, there are young girls being raped and that system is called kafala. And we are asking all world leaders to see to its abolishment with immediate effect, especially during this COVID-19. So when did you first become aware of this practice and what was happening to these poor young women? I will say exactly in 2011. We're 20, from 2008 to 2011, I actually thought it was a good thing. I was like, oh, wow. You know, women are able to travel overseas. We have a lot of women in our rural communities in Africa. And they're able to travel, some come back, you know. And I didn't know the difference. There are different kinds of employment systems. And there's one very bad one called kafala. So you could see some people go and come 
and they come and they're doing well, but you don't know what system they were in. So you think, oh, everybody is going, and when they come back, life is good. Oh, but then how come there are some that go and they come back and life is not so good? It was 2011 when the UN uh, International Labor Organization started to pass this convention which is called Decent Work for Domestic Workers. That's when I decided to get involved to see, oh my God, there's this particular system is really a horror. And by the grace of God, I joined forces with the uh, Hollywood Steven Seagal. And uh, Steven Seagal and I put together a music video to support this issue at the UN level. And then, so after that, I mobilized a lot of women. Well, even my daughter, uh, Fumi, she came from school. She's like, mom, we've got to help these women. And so we're even getting the women off the streets, training them and giving them a good quality of life. And this has been going on for years and years. And I even got into trouble for helping these women. So after a while, it's like, okay, what is going on now? I started to research into all the different migrant systems. And I found that some of our leaders were signing agreements, but they didn't know the difference, just like how I didn't know the difference. And so the laws had to burden me that you need to let people know the good, the bad, and the deadly. So that I know that when they know about the deadly, they would not sign their own children to go into the deadly work. I was just like them before. And so what I want the world to know is that there are systems that can actually help people to get out of poverty. But life is not worth exchanging for any kind of job anywhere in the world. And so we want to make sure that, you know, right now with the um, domestic, with, with COVID-19, home care is going to be very important. Women have found people, people are going to be working remotely. They're going to be needing more help at home. And these problems that are in the Middle East are not only in the Middle East. We find these sexual harassment problems with a lot of women. There are 67.1 migrant domestic workers around the world. And many of them go through this same issue when they are in a situation. And because they need the money, they are just quiet. And they undergo, many women around the world silently suffer in sexual abuse situations because they can't afford the alternative. And that breaks my heart. So we want to put the word out that it doesn't have to be like that. We do need these women in their homes. With COVID-19 and even post-COVID-19, we have to treat these women well. They need to have a day off. They need to have rest periods. They need to be treated like human beings because they are essential workers. They are now frontline workers everywhere in the world. They are going to be even more important than they were before. So uh, can you walk me through kind of how the process of it works? I mean, how do these girls find out about the jobs? Uh, how does the posting happen? What's kind of the mechanics of how the system works? Okay, so there are two forms. There's the underground world and then there's the legal world, okay? Now, the underground world is somebody goes overseas and maybe she's working in a home and the lady says, oh, I like the way you work. Can you bring your sister? 
they call and then somebody in the village arranges and they send them a ticket and everything and send that person. This person is outside of the system. There's no oversight. Nobody's taking care of them. Whenever they get to where they're going to, they are, can treat her in any way because they know that she has nobody looking out for her. They are the ones who suffer the most. Then there's the other team that go legally. They go, the governments and governments, receiving governments and sending government sign an agreement and they send them into the Middle East. Domestic work is unique because you cannot go into somebody's house to inspect to see how they're treating the person or not. So even though a, an agreement has been signed, if the agreement is signed into a kafala system, which is the deadly of them all, which is now that we are bringing the word out for our leaders to know because they don't, they think they're just giving their people jobs. It's not, you're not going to get a good output. So the young lady goes in there to work and while she's there, sometimes you may have the husband or the sons or a nephew or somebody who is um, living with them decide to sexually harass them. Sometimes their passports are seized. They're not allowed to have breaks. They work seven days a week. And because of the laws and how the laws are set up, nobody's really looking over anybody's shoulder because you cannot enter into somebody's house to see how they're treating their housemates. Sometimes they're not even paid a salary. Their salaries are withheld. And this is very sad because many of them left home to go to the Middle East to try to get some money to send back to take care of their families. So that's the process. That's how the process works. So on the legal side, you know, their documents are prepared for them. The um, sponsoring families in the Middle East, they send money. For everything to be done for them, they send them a ticket. When they arrive, they're picked up, they go to the homes, and that's when the problems start. Now, on the other side, sometimes, uh, depends on where the women are coming from, they're coming from some villages and they may not have undergone training. And so, for instance, you had a young lady who took some, was going to boil, was going to make breakfast. She's never seen a microwave oven before, but she knows that to cook on the stove, you put the egg with the oil and you put it on the stove. So she comes to the Middle East and she's told that you put the egg in the oil, you can put it on, and then, so she thinks, okay, if I can cook with microwave, I can put the oil with the egg and the frying pan, put it in the, in the, in the um, microwave, what do you think happens? It becomes deadly, right? Because that microwave is gonna just boom. <laughs> and then she's in trouble. Then what happens is that the, the owner gets upset and then they beat her up and then that's when the abuser starts. So when they leave these villages and they are not well trained, they become victims because the people who brought them there may have spent a lot of money to get them there and they expect to get professionals which they don't get because they don't go through the right systems. They assume that everybody is well trained. Uh, one of the issues is that right now, the Asian women who used to do those jobs don't want to do them anymore because they understand the abuse that is associated with it. And so many of these companies in the Middle East are now coming to Africa 
you know, and that's where, that's where the problem is. So we want to be able to raise the alarm, not only to them, because this is, as I said, is a global issue, especially during this COVID-19. Many of the domestic workers are frontline workers, they are essential workers, and it's important that we put them in a situation where they can have human dignity in their jobs. They deserve decent jobs. Absolutely, they do. And it's imperative, it's incumbent upon us to do what we can do to help make a difference in these young girls' lives. These people that are moving to be able to provide for their families, they just want to work. And we need to help them get decent work rather than living in a place where they're working in a deadly, toxic environment. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. I want to jump right into the interview that I had with Dr. Okansi and really continue talking to you about this imperative subject that I really do hope that you will become involved with and help be part of the difference in this situation. It is so important that we make a difference in these young girls' lives. With that said, I'm going to jump right back in. I do want to remind you that at any point when Reverend Dr. Okansi is talking about tomorrow, um, that was from when we were talking yesterday, and those all are things that are now available to you right now today. With that said, let's jump right back in. So you're talking about girls that are coming mostly from uh, East Africa, places like um, what Kenya, things like that. What, what kind yeah, of countries? Kenya, Uganda. Yes. So what is the um, what's the basic standard of living? I mean, what would their life look like? Not saying that being abused is okay, but what does their life look like that makes domestic work in another country seem appealing to them? All right, so uh, many of these women are from the rural communities. She's probably earning a dollar a day um, or half a dollar a day, if that. Some of them are jobless. The, the unemployment rate is quite high on the continent. And um, especially for the ones who are not so educated who take those jobs. 
they may not be that educated. So the opportunities are limited for them. So instead of making $30, $40 a month, she hears from a friend who says, hey, I know a place where I can take you. You can make $200 a month, $300 a month. Oh my God, that's a lot of money. So they leave, or maybe she's working in a farm and or maybe the whole family is actually suffering. They need one person to go overseas because these remittances are like lifelines. So she goes overseas and she becomes a lifeline and sends the money back home to care for the rest of the family. They use it for education, for business, for you know, medical care and all of that. And so because she's a lifeline, even when she's going through the abuse, she doesn't want to stop. She, because she understands that she, she cannot come back empty-handed and she cannot cut off the remittances that go to her family because everybody's hand is out relying on that. But she doesn't have to have to give her life for that. And I'm saying that there are systems in the Middle East that are good. There are systems that actually, you know, provide training. They give, um, they give, um, breaks and day off and all of that but those systems are nobody talks about and so many of the leaders don't send people into those systems so what we want to do is showcase that there are good systems let's use those systems because about 85 percent are using the deadly system and only 15 percent are using the good systems we want to turn it around have 85 use a good system and let 15 or zero we want to get the deadly systems out because nobody's daughter deserves that. You use numbers like, you know, they're making a half a dollar a day and that $300 a month is amazing for them. And uh, most of us here in the United States, we just don't even have any frame of reference for that. You know, we, we spend that much money in a weekend, you know? <laughs> One sneaker. Um, yeah. Um, um, so let's take a minute and talk about the good systems. What are the kind, you know, are there any systems we can call out by name that are good systems that should be encouraged? Oh, absolutely. Um, they have uh, reformed systems. They have, uh, one of the best ones is called Tadbir from the UAE is from uh, Dubai. Uh, the UAE system is a fantastic system. I speak about that very much in my book, um, Deadly Work or Decent Work. Um, in, in my book, I have laid out all the, all the good systems. I've also laid out the systems in, in terms of the good, the bad, and the deadly. So that is very clear. And even as a, somebody who's going to work in those areas, that way they can know and know where the landmines are and try to avoid them. And the same thing with the policymakers and the leaders. They should know which ones are good and which ones are not good. So Bahrain, for instance, has um, some systems. Now, some of these systems that they even call reformed systems, you have to look at it very carefully because what has been reformed is the recruitment process, but the experience that the maid goes through in the household has remained the same. And that's a very, very critical thing that we have to be careful of because when you go into a system thinking, so this system is no longer what it was. We have a new system now. It's a reform system. What they have reformed is maybe taking out the middleman. There's no agency. You can go directly to work or 
they've set up the system in, 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 in the sense that it's faster now. So what used to take three weeks, you can have your maid in two days. That's the reform system. But when the maid arrives in your home, you continue to do the, what the kafala is a system that we said is a deadly system. But when the maid arrives in the home, the experience they have in the home is still their passports are seized. They don't have their salaries are not paid on time or if at all. They go through sexual harassment, rapes, they're beaten. They're, I mean, if you, when you go through my book, you would, you would literally cry to see some of the, 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 the atrocities that these young ladies are going through and it needs to stop. We have a young Ghanaian lady who just passed away on the uh, 20th of March. Another one just passed away not long ago. She had been raped uh, continuously. She was sent back to the agency. The agency, because the agencies will have to refund the monies that was paid to them by the employer, they just send the girl back to the same home. And with the visa system that they have, your visa to go to that country is tied to that employer only. So you can, it's, like, it's not like in the U.S. where you say, okay, I want to go work for this other person. No, you're stuck with that job, good or bad. And that's what makes it deadly. So if you're in a rape situation or you're in a sexual harassment situation, you cannot go anywhere. You have to endure it. And when you go to your agent, because your agent does not want to pay a refund to the family, they just tell you, you just go back. You just go back and, you know, do the work. So you continue to suffer. And, there's, and because they've taken their phones away from them, they can't call anybody. So it's after they finish their experience that they come home and tell their stories. And the worst part is nobody gets punished. There are no laws to punish these people who, who perpetrate these this level of wickedness on these young ladies. And sometimes even when they go to court, they become the guilty ones because they, they place false accusations on them and then it's you know worse. We have cases where some of them have been decapitated, some of them have been executed, they've been killed, some of them have been burned, some of them have been, they've gone through different things. The last time, I think it was uh, December of last year, seven dead bodies were flown to Ethiopia. This is, a, this is a state of emergency. And the world needs to raise its voices because many of these women, their voices cannot be heard. We don't even see their faces. They are locked behind these closed doors and they are suffering silently. And if any of us, you know, we feel called to justice because what is not good for one person is not good for the other, is that we must arise and have this thing stopped. It's modern day slavery. It's slave like this is a this is slavery right under our nose without apology. And it it's in it should not be. Even as I was going through the book and doing the format and stuff, you know, there's pages that talk about girls who were burned, executed and uh, you know, abused, murdered. Um, there's one in here that you're saying she was sent home to her family with 24 nails hammered into her body. I mean, uh, so. And put in refrigerators. I mean, the, 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 the atrocities are beyond human comprehension. We just want to shed light on it. This thing must be stopped. It is just in the 21st century, 2020, 
We are civilized enough to go to the moon. We're civilized enough to, to do all these wonderful technological things and we cannot care for the human being. What do we say at the gates of heaven to God? That we heard it, but we were silent. It's like the Titanic. We're watching others drown and we say nothing. We're just as guilty as the ones who are doing it. And I cannot live with that burden. And God let me stop everything I was doing. He said, we have to, you go out there and you speak and make this thing. I will help you to get this thing stopped, but you've got to get your voice out there. Don't be silent anymore. So if you're under the sound of my voice, we need you to join us. We need you to be a part of this, to help these young, poor women to be taken out of these situations. So let's talk about some of the ways that people can be a part of it. Um, what are some practical things that we can do? Well, we're setting up um, the petition on the website goes up tomorrow. So they can go and add their names to the petition. We want to send it to the leaders, both in Africa and in the Middle East, that the world is concerned. You know, we need the world to, it's not just Africa or, you know, what is happening around the world today is we've come to realize that we're just really one global village. And that if I don't stop you from getting shot, I get shot. So what we need to do as, a, as, as children of God really is, be able to raise our voices for the ones whose voices have been silenced. So they can go on the, the website and they can sign uh, the petition. They can be a part of the movement. We can add their names. We're gonna send this. We want the world to arise and put pressure so that these things will be stopped. We're also setting up our training programs. We're trying to get the leaders to set up local training programs so that the women don't even have to go anywhere. But if they should go, they should have the opportunity to choose decent work over deadly work. Absolutely. Um, and we'll talk about a couple more times here throughout the interview, but give us the, uh, the website address that people can go to to sign that petition. Uh, the, the petition will be up tomorrow. Tomorrow by noon, it will be there. And it's uh, www.nekotechcenter, N-E-K-O-T-E-C-H, center.org. Perfect. Um, and whether you're listening live or, um, you know, you're listening five years ago, your voice matters and that petition is important. This is absolutely something that, you know, it just has to stop. Oh my gosh. Um, so what about people that want to do more than just sign the petition? Is there, um, are there political things? Are there financial ways that they can support? What, what else can a person do? Well, we want them to buy the book. We want them to make a donation. It's all on the website from 12 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, where we release the book tomorrow. This is fresh off the press. It comes out, hits out tomorrow. They can get on there, buy books and shit and let the word reach out to as many people as possible. Let's all raise our voices. They can make a donation. We're doing training programs for some of the young ladies, uh, giving them new skills and also pointing them out to the direction of where they can find the decent jobs. 
so that they can, we can be a resource for them to point them in the right direction so that they don't even go to where these deadly jobs are so they can save their lives. But we need, this is, this is not any one person, this is the whole world. They all hands must be on deck. And if the Lord touches your heart and you want to do more, please, we're, we're here, we're open. We've been doing this for many years now, as I said, but I believe that this calling has been on me since I was nine years old. And it's been, you know, many, many years since 2011. We did a music video to, um, you know, put the word out and we're still on the fight. And now the, this book comes out tomorrow. And we pray that it will touch many hearts and raise the alarm that is necessary for the abolishment of kafala. Absolutely. We need to abolish kafala from the face of the planet and it needs to never be seen again. I don't know how to be able to say that any more specifically, how to throw more weight behind it, how to whatever that might be. I hope that you are as aghast as I am to this atrocity and that you will do something about it. I know more than anything as we thrive to be thriving entrepreneurs, that when we see something, an injustice in the world, we have to do something about it. And I know you'll join with me on that. We'll be right back after this commercial break. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about deadly work or decent work with the Reverend Dr. Oh, Kansi, she is really sharing some powerful stuff here with you. And I just want to remind you that any place in here where she refers to tomorrow, um, we recorded this yesterday, um, and that is stuff that's now available to you today. With that said, I'm going to hush, and let's jump right back into the interview with Dr. Okansi. And we're talking about hundreds of thousands, millions of young ladies. We're not talking about like, you know, five or 10 people from no. somewhere in Ethiopia. We're talking about literally millions of people a year yes. are entering into this system. Millions, millions, you know. And it's not just, as I said, though the system is the one that is, has all these weird things, 
you know, domestic workers around the world, of which there are 67.1 million of them, uh, really suffering a lot, especially during this COVID-19, when their, their, their work is doubled, they have more work to do, their, their days off are cut, they are working more hours, and, the, and they become essential workers, but they're not getting their due. They're not, they're actually being mistreated more you know, and because everybody is there, the most vulnerable of the people in that community. So even in the U.S., I want to send a word out, please, you know, pay attention to your domestic workers because they're essential during this time and treat them better than they were being treated before. Now, if we go to the Middle East, you know, right now, out of the 67 point, um, one million, the 11.5 million uh, migrant workers, of which 83% are women. So mostly, most of this is really on the women. Uh, in, in Saudi Arabia alone, there are about 3 million uh, there. And so we need to make sure that we, we have an understanding of the magnitude of this situation that we're talking about. It's millions of women, and it, needs, it has to stop. And you're not talking about crazy things for them either. You're talking about simple things like, I'm going to read eight that are coming right straight out of your book. The right to keep their own passports, protection against all forms of sexual harassment, um, regularly getting paid, um, getting regular days off, getting to rest um, for a minimum of 12 hours a day. So in other words, only having to have to work 12 hours a day. <laughs> Um, access to proper, right? <laughs> Only have to work 12 hours a day. Begging to work 12 hours a day, you know, yeah. begging because most of them, they work 18 hours. Some of them work 20 hours. They only sleep for a few hours. They're back up, with them. you know, especially uh, during the Ramadan season, it's very difficult for them. They go to bed late because families are visiting and so on. And then they have to wake up early in the morning, get everybody ready and everything done. And everything is just put on them, you know? It's harsh. It's, it's harsh. It's inhumane. It's slave-like, and it needs to go. They're not asking yeah. for, let me keep my patent. Simple things that we all want. Why should it be that on, in 2020, we treat other people that way? We have yeah. to see to it that the decent work is extended to every breathing human. It's just we raise our voices, it will continue. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so surprising to me that uh, anybody can get away with this. I mean, it's 2020. We're not talking about like the 1600s or something like that, you know, or the 1800s. You know, we're talking about the 21st century. Uh, I, it's just baffling to me how anybody can get away with it. Yes, indeed. I mean, I went to school in the United States. I went to Rutgers University, College of Engineering. Um, so I was in New Jersey. When I finished, I lived in Manhattan. And my housekeeper would come, you know, do the cleaning and so on. And she was like a friend, you know? And she has a day off and when she comes, when she goes. And I have now in Africa, I have a domestic worker. She has her Sundays off. And then, you know, she has days when she gets her, she has so many hours of rest a day, and she gets paid. That is something that 
And then when somebody does a service, they deserve to be paid. Sometimes when they ask for their salary, they get beaten for it. Sometimes they're supposed to have their own room. They don't get their own room. They, they stick them in the kitchen or they stick them in a hallway somewhere. They have absolutely no privacy. So the young men who are going back and forth, they fall easy prey to sexual harassment. And that's really the, the more difficult part for them is the sexual harassment is very prevalent in this particular, it's a me too situation. But as I said, because they're not high profile women and being abused by high profile men, these are men in, you know, so, but it's the same thing. The trauma, the pain, you know, some of them come back and they're never quite the same again. They cannot fit back in their families because they're traumatized. We had a few ladies who were just brought back to Ghana uh, last week because now they have to go into quarantine for 14 days, go through testing and everything before they're released to go back to their, their families, you know. So we, we want to make sure that the alarm is sounded, the trumpet is sounded, it's time out. And if we can join hands and help to get these women out of these situations, I know that God will smile. Yeah, I mean, it's so... I'm calling on the churches, I'm calling on NGOs, I'm calling on, you know, civil society, or any human who has a heart who wants to see to it that another human gets a decent job. That's we're calling on everyone to get involved Buy the book. I think the book for the first 30 days is what? 299. Yes. 299 for the first 30 days. Okay. So the first 30 days, that's starting from tomorrow. You can get the book for 299. So buy the book and let others share with others and get others, you know, to buy the book. And let's put the word out and let's sign the petition and let's get the word out and let's, let's put the pressure and say, this is not good enough. We demand that Kafala must be stopped. So these millions of women can be entitled to decent jobs like you and like me. And give us the uh, website address again so that people can, can sign up, send money, all of that kind of stuff. Okay, it's www.necotechcenter.org. And it's N-E-K-O-T-E-C-H. And the center is C-E-N-T-E-R.org. As we do this, there's so many cool things we can do. I mean, I love the picture that they're showing in here where there's now organizations that are training the young girls to yes. care for babies, to use a microwave, to do those kind of things that, uh, you know, you would want. I'm just so aghast the whole thing. It's just, it's hard to not scream. You know what I mean? Knowing the information, it's. Especially when you have a daughter. You know, oh, you can yeah. imagine that your daughter has to, you know, go through this. If you have a daughter, have one daughter. Yeah, I so. have four daughters, so yeah, you know, and, and a granddaughter too. So, well, a couple of them actually. <laughs> Congratulations with the granddaughter. Enjoy her. <laughs> 
you know, so you have all these young ladies. And you know what? I, one of the things I say is this is, this is, these are young women who have decided they want to work. They want to work decent work to help their families at home. These are not women who are looking to do anything promiscuous at all. These are women who have decided, look, I want to go out there and get a good, decent job to feed my family back at home. They could do other things with their bodies right in their own countries, but they chose not to. They could do that overseas, but they chose not to. They've just gotten into a bad situation behind closed doors. That's not what they bargained for. These are not the kind of women that, you know, who are out there trying to do some, no. These are straight-laced women just want to put food on a table. Must they be raped for it? Must they have nails in their bodies for it? Must they be burned for it? Must they be killed for it? And we watch silently? No, you can't. Well, I'm going to ask you to do something a little different that I don't typically do on this show, but I just really feel led that we need to. Um, you are a Reverend Doctor, um, and I do know that you're a minister and that God is a very deep part of your life. I'd really like for you to spend a couple minutes here and really just say a prayer over these women and over the change that needs to come. Okay. Father, we just, first of all, we thank you, Lord, for the amazing gifts that you've been giving us daily called life. Father, we don't take it for granted. We know that we're here for a purpose. And we know that one of the things you require of us, according to Micah 6, 8, is for us to walk with you, that we do justice and to walk justly with you. Father, we know that justice is near and dear to your heart. We know that you made all of us in your image. And so these daughters of yours are apples of your eyes and that they are your very heartbeat. Father, you have burdened me to bring this book out to tell this story for this atrocity to stop. And Father, you said everybody has a responsibility to raise their hands and to put their hands on deck, Lord, for this to stop. This is the year 2020. It's the year that you've pressed the button. You said it's time for a reset. Father, you are spoken clearly that we must be your hands and your, your feet on earth and that your kingdom should come. In your kingdom, this will never happen, Lord. In your kingdom, your children will not be abused like this, Lord. In your kingdom, Lord, they will not be raped, Lord. In your kingdom, Lord, they will not suffer. They will not be stranded. You said we should treat sojourners 
in, with dignity, like we treat the widows and orphans. Sojourners, widows and orphans are dear to you. In Isaiah 1.17, so we should seek to do good, Lord. And so this evening, we commit the women, every sick, stranded, suffering, suicidal, domestic worker in the Middle East, Lord. Right now, we commit them into your hands, O Lord. And we ask for the blood of Jesus to cover them. Everyone under the sound of my voice, Father, touch their hearts, O Lord, and cause them and move them into action. That even as the book hits the shelves tomorrow, Lord, from Amazon, Father, I pray that everyone will reach out and get a copy and call their friends to get a copy. And Father, everyone that you have purpose to do something about this, let them not rest until they do and play the role that you have preordained them to play for this atrocity to stop. Hear ye, O heaven, hear ye, O earth. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for our brother Stephen and his ministry. May his ministry grow from glory to glory as he makes himself a channel for your justice. We thank you. We magnify you. In Jesus' name, I've prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. The book is called Deadly Work or Decent Work. SOS, Africa, Middle East, Domestic Workers Migration Process. It's something that we have to, have to be involved with and make a change in our world. Um, if you want to be part of any of it, you can go to nicotechcenter.org. That's N-E-K-O-T-E-C-H-C-E-N-T-E-R dot org. Um, the book is available on Amazon. And we really look forward to you sharing it with your friends, um, enemies even. Just everybody needs to know about this book. Reverend Dr. O'Kansi, thank you so much for spending some time with me on the show today and for exposing this atrocity to us. Thank you so much, and God bless you, and God bless the work of your hands. I really appreciate this ministry, and may God bless it. In Jesus' name, amen. I really, 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 can't say really enough hope that we have, I don't know, almost I want to say incited you to riot. I don't want you to go out and burn down buildings or anything like that, but I want you to stand up to talk to your local representatives, to join the petition, to use the hashtag endkafala, that's E-N-D-K-A-F-A-L-A, endkafala, hashtag endkafala. We need this atrocity to just be over. We shouldn't have things like this happening in 2020. And I know there's a lot of evil happening around the world. I'm not naive enough to think that there isn't still atrocities happening all the time. But as we know about them, we either have the choice to bury our heads in the sand or to do something about it. And this is a issue that really, 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 really needs attention paid to it. I do hope that you will go to Amazon um, and you will get the book, Deadly Work or Decent Work. It's available for you for free today. 
um, and then it'll be available in ebook form at $2.99 and in print form at $9.99 um, ongoingly. Um, it's important that you participate in all that they do. You can go to the necotechcenter.org, necotechcenter.org, sign the petition. Um, there is within the book, there is a QR code, and I'm told, I haven't gotten a chance to do it, I've been so busy, but I've, I've been told that the video that uh, Reverend Dr. O'Cansey and Steven Seagal made together. I know for some of you it's like, cool, Steven Seagal, you know, like me. Um, and others it's like, oh, you know, either way, I think it's super cool that they did it. There are so many important people that have seen the atrocities of this and they've lent their voice to it. And now we need yours. When it comes to making a mighty chorus, it doesn't matter how powerful one voice is, we need all of them. We need to cry out to the heavens, to God himself, and pray for this atrocity to end. We need to do all that we can do to make this world a better place. That, yes, involves fulfilling and living and being the person that you're meant to be and fulfilling your purpose. But it also means that in times like this, when we begin to learn new information that we are driven to and we never take lightly how important issues like this is, that we do what we can do to make a difference in the world. You see, a lot of times we say to ourselves, well, but my voice doesn't matter. I want you to know it does. It absolutely does. You see, here's the thing. Even in this instance, you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. What if your purpose that you were created for was just to support this? What I can tell you is, is regardless of what your purpose is, this is definitely one of them. And I want you to know the world needs you. We need your voice to join with us. We need you to stand with us. We need you to live as the thriving entrepreneur that you are and that you were meant to be to make the difference to hashtag end kafala and to really, really live as a thriving entrepreneur. I'm right there with you and I hope that you will take advantage of this opportunity. Until next time, I hope that you're happy, safe, warm, and loved, and that you have an amazing and great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. 
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.